Now, Scotland's First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, has apologised to students after admitting that the devolved government had not got it right when it came to the exam results during the pandemic. With almost no examinations taking place, teachers graded pupils in key exams and those grades were then moderated by exam boards. To the dismay of pupils, many grades in Scotland were actually revised downwards. So is there a danger the same thing could happen here? Well, to discuss this, I'm joined by Reuben Murray, President of the Irish Second Level Students Association, Professor Philip Nolan, who is Maynooth University President, and finally I'm joined by Breach Smith, People Before Profit TD for Dublin South Central. And thank you all very much for joining us this morning. Um, Philip, I might start with yourself. Uh, would you have a concern now, given what we've seen in Scotland, that we could see the same thing here, that Leaving Cert students, in particular those from disadvantaged areas, would find that their grades would be downgraded? So I'd have a caution or, or a sense of carefulness. Um, I think the first thing that we need to do is see what exactly is the issue in Scotland. So this is breaking news. <clears throat> so I'd be interested to know what precise systematic bias or error might have occurred, how it got into their system for uh, moderating grades and what they propose to do to ameliorate it. So I think we need to see the detail of what's happened in Scotland uh, to make sure that we uh, take precautions to make sure it doesn't happen here. Mm. That said, um, I, I remain confident as, as, as somebody, we all in the university system watch very closely for the pattern of grades emerging from the second level system. I remain confident in the system that the Department of Education have put in place. They've worked very closely with teachers and schools to put in place the best possible approach under very difficult circumstances. I mean, the first thing we know is that teachers have worked very hard to uh, to allocate a fair uh, calculated grade to their students. And I think it's a good thing. I mean, we need to ensure that the calculated grades awarded this year um, are comparable to the uh, grades that were awarded in previous years. Yeah, so it, it does appear that that is exactly what was done in Scotland, though, which is that the grades were awarded by the teachers and then they were compared with previous year's grades and that led to the downgrading. And it specifically, as I said, led to um, downgrading in disadvantaged schools, which, for example, in some higher pass subjects, they were downgraded by 15.2% in disadvantaged schools compared to 6.9% in not disadvantaged schools. How can we be certain that's not going to happen here? Well, I think there are different systems of moderation. That, so that brings me back to my fundamental point of needing to see the detail um, of, of how that might have occurred in Scotland. And, and at the initial step of this, uh, schools will already have taken the step uh, to examine their, their, their uh, distribution of grades this year and ensure that it uh, aligns appropriately with the distribution of grades from schools in previous years. And also looking at the detail, our Department of Education has published very great detail on how this uh, operates and has engaged with teachers and schools uh, in the design of the system. And it seems to me that the appropriate safeguards are in place. For instance, the students' rank in the class uh, isn't going to change. They're looking at a great deal of detail um, about overall uh, national distribution of grades, distribution of grades in schools, uh, the cohort's prior performance in in the junior certificate. So, so knowing that no system is perfect, 
I think I, I can say two things quite clearly. First of all, uh, I, I can't think of a better way of doing this than the one that the department and teachers uh, have put in place uh, in collaboration. And secondly, just given the way, given the history of this country in terms of widening access to higher education, I know that the department are, have, throughout this process, been very, very alert to the possibility of disadvantaging uh, individual cohorts of students and will have put safeguards in place. What what safeguards? So exactly that safeguard of very carefully as as we go through it, watching any adjustments that might be made during the moderation process to ensure that there isn't systematic bias or disadvantage introduced into the system. So does that mean, Philip, that that you can guarantee that we won't see this bias when the Leaving Cert results come out, that we won't see disadvantaged schools get their grades downgraded by as much as 15%, for example. It, I, it doesn't really matter about the figure, but significantly more than schools in, in, in other areas. Can, can we guarantee that that is not going to happen under the process that we have set up? Well, well I, I can't guarantee it because I'm not running it, but I can express confidence, uh, having been close to the design of it, uh, that the department have thought through the possibility that what happened in Scotland might happen here. In other words, that possibility was already in their heads and have built into the process a set of safeguards which would protect against any kind of systematic um, shifting of grades that were different uh, in one cohort of schools uh, relative to another cohort of schools. All right, we also have Breach Smith on the line. Breach, what, what do you make of that? Philip, as he says, is confident that as much as possible has been done to guard against this. Well, I think there could have been a bit more done and that would have been not to have a, um, a, an assessment in the first place, but rather to let all of the students who wish to apply for third-level places to go ahead and apply for them. And this year in particular, there's going to be far less non-nationals coming to uh, education institutions here, so there'll be more places available. I think the fairer system would have been to allow all students to make an application and then they'd know quickly within the first year if they could proceed. And of course... Class and social class is always um, a measure of, of outcomes for, for people. And the lower down the, the, the class data you go, the lesser the outcomes are, whether it's health, education, well-being, mortality. And so there is a danger that the algorithms would uh, have a bias against those from more disadvantaged backgrounds. But what you're and suggesting, Reid, are you suggesting that we would just have ignored the Leaving Cert altogether this year, that people would not have got Leaving Cert grades? They wouldn't have got Leaving Cert grades. It, that's what we advocate from the outset, that you just don't skip the Leaving Cert but allow all students apply for places in third level. And, and you don't think that would have led to chaos? No, I don't, because uh, I, I think, for starters, you'd still have a lot of people who wouldn't be able to afford to go because even if you get into a third level place, you're still facing uh, €3,000 of registration fees from the word go, which would exclude a lot of students. Um, but I don't think it would have caused chaos, and I think that the places are there's going to be much more places available because yeah. of the lack of foreign students. But say everyone you know who had a dream to be a doctor and thought I wouldn't be able to get the points to be a doctor, then applies to Trinity to be a doctor. How does Trinity decide how to pick their top whatever the amount of places that they have? How how would the places be allocated? Well, I think you'd find out quick enough within the first year who's capable, who's able, who's up for it, who's who's going to be able to uh, see it through. 
um, and that first year would, would tell a lot, even probably before that first year would be so, up. So let everybody in, in the first instance, and then see who can survive, basically, the, the first year and would see be who the... can survive, exactly. Um. Rather than having the danger of disadvantaging people uh, who haven't had a chance to sit in an exam. It, it doesn't sound practical, Breach, if you don't mind me saying mm-hmm. it, it. Like, if if I just take that example of a, of a course, you know, for in Trinity to to learn how to be a doctor, they would have X amount of lecturers, for example, to teach people. And if they suddenly had double or triple or quadruple the number of students, they wouldn't have the lecturers to do it, you know. And that would be replicated across across the universities. But this way, we do run the risk of disadvantaging a cohort of people. And when you use algorithms to to judge anything, there's always going to be a certain cohort who want to be disadvantaged and generally speaking, they are the ones that come from the lower socioeconomic brackets. Mm. I do um, want to get on to Reuben Murray in just a second, but just on that um, Philip, uh, Breed is accepting this, or she is saying that this would disadvantage a, cer- a certain cohort and you are accepting that this is something that was in the minds of the people who designed the process. Um, mm. One of the things that Nicola Sturgeon said yesterday um, was that she believed her government thought was thinking too much of the overall system in trying to design the process and not enough about the individual student and I just wonder is there an element of that in what we have designed here because as you say you couldn't think of any better way to do it so is it just there's an acceptance that some people will suffer as a result maybe not a large number but this is the best way for the majority Well um, actually I think the approach here is the opposite I think I think the system here tends to take a very great deal of care about the individual Um, And just as an important addendum to this, the existing leaving certificate has a socioeconomic bias within it, which we have decades of experience of compensating for. So we've got specific access schemes to universities that recognise the very systematic inequality that Breed is talking about and take particular steps to uh, facilitate those students accessing higher education. So I, I would worry about the system that Breed proposed. It could, it could cause more disadvantage by having a somewhat chaotic and unsupported first year uh, for students and more advantaged students would do well in that circumstance and disadvantaged students poorly supported might do badly. So I, I, I do think that taking our existing school system and using it as best we can to determine which students are best matched to what which courses, which is what we're going through here, uh, is is the best approach to take under the circumstances. Okay. Um. As I said, we also have Reuben Murray on the line, who is president of the Irish Second Level Students Union. Uh, Reuben, what did you make of of that news from Scotland yesterday and how that's worked out? Would that would that uh, would that worry you in terms of what's likely to happen here? I think. There has been some worry from students as in, could this happen here in Ireland? But the most important thing is that the government, our Department of Education, we've seen what has happened in Scotland. We've seen what actions England have taken. And it's important that they look at what's happened, have drawn conclusions from that and see how they're going to make a success in Ireland. So do you think it's fair the way it's been set up from the start? I think, well, we won't actually be able to judge and gauge if it's fair or not until we actually get the results. And that's the that's the uh, crux of the of mm. the process. But there there has I will there has been the fundamental values of this process by the department has been equity and fairness. There is the students are trusting in the department. They are trusting in their education educators that this will be a fair and equitable process. Unfortunately, we're not able to judge that yet. But 
there is that trust there and we, we hope and we expect it to be a f- to, to them to deliver a fair solution. Mm. And how do you feel about the appeals process, Ruben, and how that's been set up? Because under the system that has been set up, you are allowed appeal the process by which the grade um, was uh, was reached, but you're not allowed appeal the grade itself. So you can't say to, you know, my ex-teacher got this wrong and, and query how they came to a certain mark, only about the process from there on in. Is, is, is that fair, do you think, or would you have any concerns about it? Well, see, the concern here is so it's just it's as as you say, it's appealing the actual process of the grade, and then the idea is if you're unhappy with your grade, you go and you sit your exam. You go sit your exams in November. Um, I think that is going to be disappointing for some students. Um, uh, the department have explained this, and that's how it's going to work. That isn't going to change. Um, it will be tough on some students who maybe feel that the grade wasn't fair and they have to move on. Uh, as uh, as a as our union, we 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 are a representative organisation, uh, but we feel that there needs to be more clarity about this appeals process and how it works because those guidelines haven't fully been communicated to students, and there's anxiety and uncertainty there that needs to be cleared up as well. Okay, uh, Bridger, I might come back to yourself because lots of reaction from our listeners in relation to your suggestion that students should just have been allowed access to college this year um, and see how they get on in, in the first year. Uh, one person says they 100% agree with you. They say, I don't understand why the Department of Education are trying to make this a normal year when it isn't a normal year. It's going to be very unfair on so many students and the lack of an appeals process is surely unconstitutional. Let them go to college and try the course they want. And that comes from the mother of a Leaving Cert student. Um, another person, though, says, what about pupils who did not plan to go to college, if they didn't get a Leaving Cert grade, they wouldn't have any educational qualification at all. Yeah, that's a good point. But then it would have to be reflected in their, you know, their record or their CV that they left school in a very unusual year in the middle of a pandemic and that their qualification um, was not able to be assessed. But they should be allowed to apply for apprenticeships, for training, for education that they that they think they want. There's also another way of doing it, as the professor said there. You may end up disadvantaging people who aren't suitable for the courses they enter into, but you could use an interview process where a panel of lecturers and professors talk to the students and see would they be able to be a doctor or might they be better studying for to be a teacher or studying history. And you can use an interview process and, and guide and advise students as to how best they enter into a third level course. And as I say, there'll be lots of them won't even think about it because it's a very expensive, even from the go- from the get-go, even if you're entitled to a grant, it's a very expensive world to enter into because you've got the registration fees straight away that parents have to fork up. Mm. And a lot of them parents would have been without proper income for most of this year. Okay. Just before I let you go, uh, Professor Philip Nolan, I know, as I said, you're president of Maynooth University, which is in one of the counties that's under lockdown um, or restricted. uh, It's not full lockdown, obviously, but uh, some extra restrictions have been put in place in those counties. Um, Would you be confident the university will be able to open? Uh, I don't know when you're due to open. Is it September or October? So, um, yes, it's mid-September. We're planning to open. Um, at the moment, we're planning to open remotely because um, o- only those uh, people who really have to be on campus are going to campus because of the restrictions. Um, I think, as, as the Chief Medical Officer has, has made clear, um, the, the we can remain optimistic at the moment that things will be brought under control uh, within the next two weeks and that the restrictions in those counties can be lifted and, as a consequence, then 
uh, my university and other educational establishments will be able to open. But we can't be certain about these things. Um, unfortunately, this, this disease um, it remains unpredictable. Um, and really it is a question of waiting for the next week or 10 days to see uh, the behaviour or transmission of the disease in the population um, before we will know what can happen um, in September. Um, mm. But at, at the moment, um, uh, my expectation is that we will be um, uh, re resuming uh, a mix of campus and, and blended learning activities. Uh, it's, it's not possible to return to full university operation. It's just too crowded um, uh, in, in the next semester. So we're going to have to do a form of blended uh, education, okay. offering as rich as possible an on-campus experience, but also doing that in a safe way. All right. Well, thank you all very much for joining us this morning. That's Professor Philip Nolan, President of Maynooth University, Reuben Murray, President of the Irish Second Level Students Association and Breed Smith, People Before Profit TD for Dublin South Central. Just one more of your text, which I think sums it all up. And who thought would ever be saying it? All of this shows, says one texter, that sitting the actual exam is the fairest system of all. Back after this. Today with Sarah McInerney on RTE Radio 1.